Welcome to We Fixed Real Estate. It's another podcast brought to you by Ariva.com. I'm here with Fred Glick. Say hi, Fred. Hi, Fred. And I'm here with Brianna Rutherford. Say hi, Brianna. Hello. This is our second week with Brianna. She knocked it out of the park with our first podcast on uh, disclosures. And so now we are going to have an update disclosures part two. What are we going to talk about today, Fred? Well, we're going to talk about other stuff that may or may not be important in your situation. So this isn't one of those things that's required. You're going to have to listen to first. But you should anyway. But now, one of one of the big things is when you buy a property that's not a straight on fee simple single family house. We're talking about anything that has any kind of association, and there's only two kinds, people. And let's get this all straight. We're going to get the lingo correct, and this is how you have to understand it. The property can either be fee simple. Or it can be, and just we're talking residential, it's really only three, but I won't go into co ops and stuff like that. It's fee simple, it is a condominium, or it is what's called a PUD, a planned unit development. Those are the only three it could be. So people are now saying to themselves, so what about a townhouse? Okay, townhouse is a physical structure. So the townhouse is a piece of real estate that's attached to another piece of real estate on the sides of it not above or below. That's the simple explanation that that's it. Now that could be part of a condominium or it could be part of a PUD. So it's important. And people call PUDs just a homeowner's association is another way it's built on, but that's really a homeowner's association could involve a condo co-op or a PUD. And then there's de minimis PUDs, but that's even a longer story. And we're not going to go into that, mostly on the East Coast, not California. But You'll hear these expressions, the CC and R's. So if there is some kind of association on your property, on the title insurance, title report will say CC and R's. So now I'm going to let Brianna explain what a CC and R means and what they are. Yes. Thank you. So, well, just to circle back to that, you could actually have a single family home be part of an HOA. Absolutely. I should I should have mentioned that. Yes. So that condo a, or a pud could be Exactly. Exactly. Not to confuse everyone even further. But yes. Um so yes, an HOA is a homeowners association and in either a planned community or condominium complex, they Usually, not always, but they usually adhere to a set of rules and governing laws within their own little entity. And so that's when you get what is commonly known as HOA docs, basically. And so the HOA docs are all the information that has to do with the complex that you're going to be moving into. You have bylaws. So the bylaws that come in an HOA package. So what's going to happen is you get your disclosures and part of the disclosures are going to have what they call um, an HOA package. And the HOA package is going to have bylaws. Bylaws are the governing documents for the 
association. Association, are, yeah. I mean, right. And they're all re- recorded property, recorded against the property. So every property will have the same documents. Exactly. And exactly. the same rules. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and then you have the CCNRs, which are the covenants and the restrictions. And that goes into more what the rules of the actual complex are. Uh, for example, I live in a townhome slash condominium. And one of the rules here is that is included in the CCNRs is that you have to own the home for two years. The you have to be your primary residence. The owner has to live there before you can rent it out. So that is an example of what you would see in the CCNRs. Also, what you would see in the CCNRs is, you know, the rules for the common areas, if there's any rules for the common areas, um, just all the info that you want to know about a particular complex. Yeah, and they're all pretty standard things, but there are the yes. little things about pets and about uh you know, when you can move in. I mean, some buildings are crazy. You can only move in Monday to Friday, 10 to 12. You have to reserve the elevator. It's got to be two weeks in advance. There's some really goofy stuff in there. But usually a listing agent will provide you with the goofy stuff. You try to, you know, because you want to ask the current owner, hey, dude, what's, how weird does it get here? Or even call the association. So when we have a deal like that, we try to find out everything as much as possible up front. Uh, Sometimes you'll get agreements where they don't give you any of this until after the agreement is signed. And then each agreement, depending on the state, has the number of days they have to provide it to you by, I think it's seven in California. Yeah. Seven seven days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. After acceptance of the agreement. So then you get it. And then you have a certain number of days to back out of the deal because of it. So why wouldn't you give it up front? Uh, drives me crazy. Um, yeah, I've I've never understood that. That usually comes like day six um, for other places. For us with, with Arevo, when we do our listings, we provide all of that up front. Everything. Again, nothing gets all listed. Disclosures. Yeah, nothing gets listed by us unless we have absolutely everything. We make it so that if someone wanted to buy tomorrow, they could buy tomorrow. Everything was there. Exactly. So, it be, honestly. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about mortgage companies. Uh, There's a standard Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac type of normal approval form that goes into like three years of questions that each association and or their management company should know how to fill out. But these companies take forever and they don't care. Um, So again, you know, if you know you're getting a mortgage, you got to get on it like that second. Uh, even be, it, once you're under contract, the first thing you do is get the package from these clowns because most of them are terrible. Most property management companies that do homeowners association stuff are terrible. Uh, yeah, if anybody wants to, if, yeah, I was going to say, if anybody wants to object to that and tell me how great they are, fine. We'll get them on the podcast because we don't know of any because we just have problems all the time. Brianna goes crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't know of any. And there's nothing to say that an HOA a homeowners association has to deal with a property management company. And so there are quite a few HOAs that are just homegrown, home run. 
And so what that means is you're relying on a homeowner, a random homeowner that's part of, you know, usually this four to five person committee to get you all the pertinent information that you need. One of the most important things is proof of insurance for a homeowners association. That's something that's needed by every lender. And um, so, yeah, I, I would definitely ask, if it's not already provided, like I said, Ariva, I don't, you know, we always provide the HOA package before it even becomes, you know, listed, we get everything. But if you didn't have that opportunity, yeah, I would try to, you know, make sure well, that here, they are responsive. I'm kind of thinking out loud here. One thing we don't get, Brianna, is the mortgage company's form filled out. Right. We could get the we could, we could try and get the standard Fannie Mae form filled out, but there's going to be some lenders who are going to want it on their own thing, even though it's the same exact questions. But at least right. it's a start. But the, but usually the problem is these lenders need their these questions answered, especially if you're going not over ninety percent loan to value on a Fannie Mae loan. Uh, then it's a full review. Once you get ninety and under, it's limited review. It's a little easier. But these jumbo lenders. They don't know you from Adam. They may, you know, first time in a building, they need to approve the whole building. So you need to talk to your lender ahead of time, find out what are your requirements for condos, because I need to know. Yeah, um, if you're doing FHA, then the condo has to be vetted and they have to approve the association. The whole association. So, yeah, they, they, they were talking so, about spot approvals again, but it's so arduous that if you got FHA, if you're going for FHA, VA, USDA condo, just go to a place that's already approved. Exactly. <laughs> so that's the because, easy way. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you also want to make sure that, you know, the homeowners association is not a total hot mess in those situations. But yeah, so you're going to have um, the covenant and restrictions, then you're going to have the bylaws. And then you'll have a another thing, which is just their basically their title as an HOA and a community. So that will also come with it. A lot of times, you know, their plot maps will come with it as in, you know, where they are and how many units are in the planned community, et cetera. And so that will be part of the HOA package as well. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the package, what to get it, what you're looking at. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. all the stupid rules and regulations, but start mm-hmm. looking at the bud the budget. That's the important thing. So that was um, the next part. Yep. The budget yeah. and financials is something that you're also going to get. They have to by law provide that to you. Mm-hmm. If you in the current year, if you see negatives around the net income, run. Okay. Don't buy in that condo. Also, here's another thing. There's condos that are mostly self-run that people have uh, hardly any reserves. And they're all trying to keep, let's keep the condos being loud because I don't want to pay anymore. Well, you're an idiot. Because, Uh first of all, you have to basically have 10% of your gross monthly, gross yearly income as reserves. And operating yeah, operating after costs. operating yeah. costs. So mm-hmm. so you've got to put money in reserves. What happens if every roof blows off and the insurance company won't pay? Well, guess what? You're a condominium. you got to put all the roofs back on. You better have the money. 
there are ways to figure out how much to save. There are people who do reports that just come out and tell you, here's what you're going to need. You can Google them and find them. But, you know, make sure you're buying in the right condo. It might sound like a great deal, but it's because they don't have reserves. And guess what? You're not going to get a mortgage or you need to go to a non-QM mortgage and pay five and a half or six percent because the building doesn't qualify for standard financing. So, yeah. And, and you know, when it comes to HOAs, they can make or break also to a certain extent, obviously the market will always persevere, but the value of the homes. So as a, as a small example, where I live, my HOA is run, uh, run by some frugal uh, gentleman and he wants the HOA to always stay at $135 a month. So if you're familiar at all with the California real estate market and with the Bay Area real estate market, saying that I have association no, fees $135 a month is insane. Usually, you know, if you go to like San Francisco, if you're anywhere in LA, you're going to have association fees that are like at least $600 or more a month. So mine are $135 a month. And he keeps them artificially low by doing all the work himself. And so what ends up happening is our complexes, um, home values are actually stunted because of that, because the, the community is not well taken care of. So yes, people come here and they go, oh my gosh, dues are $135 a month. That's amazing. Um, there's a complex next to us a couple streets down and their HOA dues are $350 a month, but they have like amazing grounds and they have, you know, yeah, all these amenities. Exactly. And also what the HOA docs are going to tell you is what your HOA covers versus what you're responsible for. Every HOA is different. So that's something I, I find I would give the advice to buyers is read those HOA documents. Don't just initial them because I'm when I send them to you, they're going to have somewhere between 300 and 500 pages. And something I love is Fred always... <laughs> Are we giving a speed reading course with this? <laughs> no, no. But Fred always, what I love is he always slacks our clients and says, sit down tonight, happy reading, you know, get a glass of wine and get right. get into the HOAs because they are so important. And, you know, you want to know if you're moving into a place, do my HOA dues cover the roof or am I responsible for the roof? You or know, am I supposed to make a sound after 10 PM or can my kids use the pool? Absolutely. Right. Or, or my, kids allowed. right. And my HOA, you know, they're responsible for the outside of the fence. I'm responsible for the inside of the fence. Don't know how you're that works. Right. That's, yes. that's very odd like yeah. Yes, but I'm also responsible for the actual gate. They're not responsible for it. So just things <laughs> like that. So when you're going to be part of a homeowner association, read those disclosures. Or, they are or if you really don't want to read them, you hit command F and you type in words like pets, children. Yeah. yeah. Important things like cool. You know. Yeah, and then look at the budget. 
So yeah, pool. Yes. Exactly. So so you're gonna have the articles of incorporation, which is when they became a homeowners association, you know, with the county, et cetera. Then you're gonna have your CCNRs, then you're gonna have your bylaws, then you're gonna have all your financials. So you're gonna have a yearly budget, you're gonna have a financial view uh over the last three to five years. You're going to have your minutes so you can get a little glimpse into the HOA meetings and mm. you're going to have mm. proof of insurance. Yeah. So yeah. quick question. Is it easy for laymen to discover whether it is a property management person doing the HOA or whether it's just that group of selected? Hmm. Depends on what they give us, I guess. And we'll yes. know who we contacted. But if it's coming from a listing agent, you know, we can ask. Yeah. Sure. A lot of times in the listing, it will say property management company HOA or HOA. And what I usually understand is if I look at a listing and it has a property management name, like, you know, Arriva Property Management, then obviously that's pretty, you know, no. cut and dry. No, no we're not. We're not getting into the property management game. Yeah. Um, but no. yeah, sometimes <laughs> if it just has like someone's name and phone number, I'll understand that it's not run by a property management company. And property management companies have little to extreme involvement in HOAs. So property management companies can just literally be facilitating sending out flyers or they can be super involved. Right. Sometimes I've actually found HOAs run by real people who know what they're doing, actually. But yes. One thing I would suggest to everyone uh, is never, never under any circumstances run the boards of, of a condo or a homeowners association. You have no idea. Just trust me on that. You have more to do with your life. Unless you are writing a sitcom and you need some fodder material. Oh, no, no, no. You're you're writing one of these deeply depressing things about people you have no control over that are mor morons and have no clue about reality. Stephen King novel. I attempted, I, I attempted to run for my HOA board. Um, I did that because I wanted to affect change in my complex. It had been a lull for many years. Uh, young families had grown up and moved out. And so there were quite a few older, single, empty nesters. And now this influx of families were all coming in and we are dealing with a lot of old rules that don't really make sense anymore, old broken down playgrounds, et cetera. And so mm -hmm. I wanted, we wanted the board to reflect the actual homeowners and what we looked like. Um, I lost um, because homeowner associations are um, not all of them but a lot of them are very hard to break into and they like things the way they like them that they've been run for a number of years. So absolutely. It's a little political system for sure. So, mm. but yeah, that's the biggest thing I would say is read those HOA docs. Do not just get them through DocuSign and go, yeah, yeah, I'll read this later. You definitely want to mm. go through and read them. I think we've pretty much covered this. And I think let's just leave it at 
look at these things, ask us about it, ask your lender about it, get everybody prepared. Because the most important thing you do in this market is be ridiculously prepared to buy. What does that mean? It means everything your lawyer would say to do, you can't do. Meaning there are contracts you might sign that you're not going to be able to do any inspections. You're not going to be able to have it subject to the loan approval, the appraisal, anything like that. That's kind of what's happening right now. So as long as you're mentally prepared, and there's other ways, and we can give you details about it or what to do, um, but you got to be ready for the loan. And the problem is most of uh, our clients are you know, pretty much – I don't know, make up a price, a million and a half, 20% down, no problem. They can put a little more down, they can put 30% down, big deal, whatever. They still have to get the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And the mortgage companies still have to send out an appraiser. The appraisers are so behind, it's ridiculous. So when you sign an agreement saying that you're not subject to anything, uh, you've put up 3% of the sale price. That money's at risk if you don't show up with the money at closing. So we have come up with a little twist to get around the mortgage issue. How about if I tell you we're working on a program, and I'm teasing this, where there's no appraisal required. You can get up to, it looks like 75% loan to value. As long as you're pre-approved for a regular mortgage, which ends up being a refi after closing, and your credit score is good and everything else, which which it probably is because you're already pre-approved. And we have found a company, we're working out the details again, that'll give the money to buy the house like a cash buyer, and you will own the house. Big difference. All these other programs that are out there is we'll buy the house for you and then sell it back to you. You know what? It, the fees on that get ridiculous. So I found a mortgage lender who will lend you temporarily this money just so you'll get the property. There's some other little twists and turns. It does have costs, but we do have rebates. And from what I'm figuring out, it probably the rebate covers the cost, and then you get the tax deduction for the upfront points. So I'll be able to explain this in another video we're going to make when we get the program down to science. But uh, just pay attention, and we'll uh, we'll get that out soon. Anyway, that's my tease for the day. Yeah, uh, that, would, we'll that would be a game changer. Just setting yourselves apart constantly. Ariva.com. Make sure you go there today and see how much your rebate can be for buyers, for sellers, for mortgage. We cover it all and you benefit. So any parting words, Fred? Well, check out the blog and the podcast when you get to the site because we're really, and, and let's not forget our TikTok. Because Misty is rocking it on TikTok. If you're here, Um, you already know about the podcast, but go check out that TikTok. Yeah. And also follow me on Twitter, Ariva.com, A-R-R-I-V-V-A-D-O-T-C-O-M, because it's me. And even though it's a corporation, we stand for shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. You know, we care. So Yeah, I follow you on Twitter. And a lot of times I find that Ariva's – Twitter handle usually lets me know what's happening with the real estate market two to three days before other people do. We, and I, you're just on it. So I usually get all the information and it's funny, my little group of neighbors here know, they think that I have like some inside track and I'm like, no, (laughs) I just worked with super experienced broker 
and someone that's got their pulse on what's actually happening in the market. So that's the thing. I think there's unfortunately a lot of agents and people that in real estate that don't really know or sort of in it or sort of not in it, which is fine for, you know, certain situations, but especially right now in California real estate, it's very reminiscent of like 2014 where we're doing multiple offers, no contingency, all cash. So it feels counterintuitive, but the market is going absolutely insane again. And so you really have to have somebody at the helm that's going to help you that actually knows what they're doing, what's happening. Like, and that's what's also great is we're sort of, we've got the feet in both worlds, basically, because you know the whole lending side as well. So that's just such an insight that a lot of people don't have. Yeah. I try, you know, I know that certain things are going to be a problem up front and most agents don't, but uh, there's one thing that came up today that was interesting. There's a, 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 I don't know if it's a bill or what it is in California, which basically is going to eliminate the tax thing for real estate agents being on 1099s and everybody's going to have to go on W-2, which means you got to pay for full-time employees. You got to pay them at least minimum wage per hour which out here is 15 bucks an hour. So it's going to change the entire industry because all these part-timers disappear, gone, gone. So there's only going to be certain people left. We, By the way, we pay people on a W-2. We don't do 1099s anymore. I've already right. figured this out because this way, yeah, you got to deduct things and that's why they wanted to do it. So you could deduct all this crap they were selling you and you pay taxes mm-hmm. on nothing. Well, it's time for the real estate industry to start paying taxes on their gross incomes. Um, yeah. You know, and you're going to be able to then offer benefits, offer retirement funds. So that's the whole thing. And but so another thing to completely change the industry. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I love it. Great job, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another podcast of We Fix Real Estate. And as you can tell from this one, we really truly have. So Ariva.com, <laughs> Twitter, Ariva.com, Instagram, Ariva.com, TikTok, we're working on Ariva.com. I think I have Ariva.com one right this second. So Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brianna fabulous guest and we will talk to you all soon.